CTV's W5 with Avery Haynes. A staggering number of Canadians are dying because of medical errors. Every year, as many as 35,000 patients die in this country because of medical mistakes. In fact, it's the third leading cause of death behind cancer and cardiovascular complications. And as Sandy Ronaldo uncovers, the system of accountability most often favors the doctor over the patient. Norma Bernstadt is still reeling from the death of her husband, Stephen, in 2017. She remembers with great fondness the times they share together as a married couple in Kamloops, BC. We grew up together. We met when we were 19. We dated for 11 years before we got engaged. We were married for 23 years. That's amazing, you know, when, when something connects that way when you're so young. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Stephen was a healthy and active father of two when he was diagnosed with stomach cancer at age 51. It was September of 2016. Part of the treatment plan, surgery. He was never sick, like he never took a day off work or he was just tired. So when you were given the diagnosis, yeah. stomach cancer, what was the anticipated outcome? The kind of surgery that Stephen had to have was to remove his stomach to get rid of the carcinoids. It was apparently a very common surgery to do. We were told that he would live a long, healthy life. Stephen was referred to Dr. Reuben James Bond, the chief of thoracic surgery at Surrey Memorial Hospital, just outside Vancouver. The experienced medical professional would perform the surgery. When you went into the surgery, that day, both mm -hmm. you and Stephen were hopeful. He actually walked into the operating room, and so he just said, okay, see you later, love you. And I said, okay, see you later, love you too. And that was it. But every surgery comes with risks. Norma waited for the call from Dr. Bond that Stephen was in the clear. He phoned as I was heading back to the hospital, and he said everything went really well. He's heading to recovery. But when Norma got back to the hospital, accompanied by her brother-in-law, the situation was anything but good. Dr. Bond had devastating news. We were sitting in the waiting room, the two of us, and he said, things are not looking well. He's in with a team right now working with them. And I was like, what are you talking about? You just said he was fine. Then what happened next? About an hour and 40 minutes later, uh, Dr. Bond came through again and told myself and my brother-in-law that he was very sorry that uh, Stephen didn't make it, um, that he'd had a heart attack, um, and he, he was gone. Norma was grief-stricken and confused. The surgery was explained to her as routine. Something didn't sit right. Then, out of the blue, Norma received an anonymous tip Someone called and suggested she investigate further, ask more questions. Norma requested an independent autopsy, which listed the cause of death as acute intraperitoneal hemorrhage due to vascular injury complicating laparoscopic gastrectomy, meaning a bleed into the belly due to injury to a blood vessel. 
It took seven months to come back. And it said the cause of death was a hemorrhage from a laceration from laparoscopic surgery. Wow, so that was your first realization that this was not a heart attack. Correct. Norma blames Dr. Bond for Stephen's death, believing he was the lead surgeon in the operating room. Just my opinion of it, that if he was in the room when it happened, so I think that when you hemorrhage, the doctor would know that you're hemorrhaging. Dr. Rob Robson has dedicated his life to advocating for patient safety. One out of 13 in Canada, adults going into an acute care hospital will experience an adverse event with serious harm. And roughly one out of 100 will experience an adverse event with death. Dr. Robson is a primary care physician in Hamilton, Ontario. People don't realize what a significant issue accidental, unintentional harm is from a patient safety perspective. So for instance, almost 20,000 Canadians died as a result of COVID. Over the same 12-month period, about 35,000 Canadians have died as a result of a breakdown in the way care is provided. That's stunning. Yeah. Do you want to know the really sad thing, Sandy, is that's 35,000 who die. The number that are harmed each year is roughly about 500,000. It's more dangerous to go into an acute care hospital than to smoke cigarettes. Why is it happening with the frequency that it is? It's happening because the way we deliver health care has become so complex and it requires the integration of so many different factors that unintentional harm is the basically inevitable result of it. Unintentional harm is devastating for families. It's an, a huge uphill battle for patients and families to get any information about what happened. They want an apology an acknowledgement that a mistake was made. Okay. An acknowledgement that the system didn't do what everybody thought it should do. But an apology rarely happens, says Dr. Robson. The last option, suing the doctor. Doctors have a very uh, powerful organization with over $5 billion in the bank to defend cases against the doctor. Paul Hart is a medical malpractice lawyer in Toronto who once worked for that powerful organization with billions in its war chest. It's called the Canadian Medical Protective Association, or the CMPA. He knows how it operates. They'll spend whatever it takes to protect a doctor's reputation. So if somebody has been injured with a $10,000 claim, they'll have, and I've seen them, spend $100,000 in legal fees. So it's at any cost? It's at any cost. Founded in 1901, then incorporated by an Act of Parliament, the CMPA, according to its website, has no financial limits to the legal assistance it provides to members, which means victims and families are up against highly paid lawyers and experts with very deep pockets. The reality is, is that tens of thousands of Canadians who are harmed every year as a result of medical error go without compensation. And that's fundamentally antithetical to our system of medicine. And is that because the system goes against them? It's because the system is set up to value a doctor's reputation above compensation to an injured patient. Paul Hart says the numbers support this. 
Over a 10-year period, approximately 75% of Canadians lose their claim when cases go to trial. Right or wrong, doctors who have made an error escape accountability. What's also not widely known is that doctors pay fees to be members of the CMPA. They are then reimbursed by the province, sometimes up to 90%, as in the case of Nova Scotia, which means... Taxpayers, at the end of the day, are footing the bill. So what you're saying is the doctors have an organization on their side that's paid for by the taxpayer. That's correct. Sounds ominous, especially since cases can drag on for years. I need to tell Stephen's story. People need to know that he didn't deserve this and that Dr. Bond did something wrong. Norma is suing the doctor for damages, claiming Stephen's death was likely caused by the defendant's surgical error and that he misinformed the family as to the actual cause of death. He made a mistake and that he nicked him and he bled to death. The fact that there's a multi-billion dollar legal defense fund out there that is paid by taxpayers, what does that say to you? It's very unfair. This didn't happen and me think immediately, oh, there's a lawsuit, I can make some money. That wasn't what I was after. It's still not what I'm after. I think somebody needs to be accountable for my husband's death. Coming up. It's my money, it's your money. We should be benefiting from it. Doctors shielded by a well-funded legal powerhouse. The goal for us is to actually not go to court and not get into trial. When W5 continues. Robin McGee is fighting to stay alive. Every two weeks, she makes the hour-long drive from her home in Port Williams, Nova Scotia, to the Queen Elizabeth II Health Sciences Centre in Halifax, where she undergoes hours of chemotherapy. The toxic chemicals are keeping her alive. But Robin says she should not be in this situation, battling colon cancer that has spread. I've been a victim of serious medical error. I had daily rectal bleeding. I had an immediate family history of colorectal cancer and a positive cancer screening test. I saw four doctors, three general physicians and a surgeon, um, all of whom dismissed or belittled my uh, presentation. I don't even know how to react to that because, you know, one doctor, a second doctor, a third, a fourth. Each of those doctors had the firm belief that people under the age of 50 cannot get colorectal cancer, which of course is nonsense. But they were um, practicing in accordance with the screening guidelines which are intended for asymptomatic patients. So it says endoscopy starts at 50. McGee is under 50, so no scope for her. How did you finally get the right diagnosis, which at this point was a pretty serious diagnosis. That's right. And it took me six months of lobbying, which then revealed the malignancy, and it involved itself in various organs and had moved into an inoperable location. So what I say about this is I say, doctors one to four built my coffin because my surgeon told me, had I been able to get you when you were two centimeters, I could have saved your life, but now that ship has sailed. 
Robin decided to take legal action against the four doctors she says stole her life. The legal battle took years and years, not uncommon for medical malpractice litigation, and Robin won a rare and hard-fought victory. Even with an open and shut case like mine, they held on for seven years. They, they wanted me to die in the seven years, which I refused to do. I insisted on uh, and holding the, the doctors in my case to account. So you spent seven years of your life going after the doctors? Correct. It was the Canadian Medical Protective Association, the CMPA, that paid for the legal defense of the doctors and eventually Robin's settlement. Someone called it a dirty little secret that most taxpayers don't know anything about. There's no question that taxpayers don't know about it. Paul Hart is a medical malpractice lawyer in Toronto who once worked for the CMPA. Now he represents victims. So on average, for a medical malpractice case, it's probably five to six years. But I can tell you that I've personally been involved in a case that uh, was over 10 years. Wow. There's a trial that went to court last spring where the case had been going on for 15 years. With more than $5 billion in the bank, the CMPA has the financial means to support and let the cases drag on and on. It's a bit of a David and Goliath scenario, wouldn't you say? Uh, certainly for some medical malpractice cases, it is a David and Goliath. I've had a, a case where I had 27 lawyers on the other side. Wow. 27 okay. lawyers representing one doctor. An unfair advantage, Terry McGrath, a former pediatric nurse, believes passionately, needs to change. It's horrible. It's awful. It's callous. Very callous. And this is why I'm saying, you know, compassion and, and empathy has disappeared in our health care. And that's part of my nurse's training is, you know, there's a problem, fix it. Terry is now a patient safety advocate based in Penticton, B.C., where she spends most of her day fighting for the rights of victims of medical errors and negligence. What are the biggest issues confronting anyone who feels that they've been wronged somehow by a doctor and they want to take on that doctor? Money. It costs uh, a fantastic amount of money and if you can find a lawyer who will take it on because it does cost so much, and so, they were going up against an organization that's funded by our tax dollars. That's right. A system, Terry says, favors the deep pockets of the CMPA. She has written a petition signed by hundreds of Canadians to raise awareness in Ottawa about the CMPA. We want to defund the CMPA and use those tax dollars for taxpayers in a no-fault health care compensation program and we want mandatory reporting so that doctors and patients will work together and solve problems and educate so that these will not reoccur over and over again like has been happening. Terry has joined forces with NDP MP Richard Cannings. He plans to read the petition in the House of Commons. You can have all the academics, you can have all the doctors, the lawyers talking, but it's the power of the people that make the changes happen. When Terry approached you, what was it about her message that resonated with you? The fact that we have created this association that has a five plus billion dollar war chest to fight court cases against Canadians who've had medical errors uh, happen to them. And 
I think that's where the real unfairness of it lies. So do you think that the system is rigged against patients who experience medical trauma, medical harm? I, th I think in many ways it is. How important is it for you to be the voice of this campaign? It's very much important for me to be her voice in Ottawa, and she is representing thousands of people across Canada who, who have faced these problems. Terry took her campaign to Ottawa when her petition was read in the House of Commons. She hired this truck to drive around the nation's capital with this message, defund the CMPA. Presenting petitions, the Honourable Member for South Okanagan, West Kootenai. I'm pleased to table petition E2890 today, signed by citizens across Canada. They therefore ask that government conduct a forensic examination of the CMPA and that the government defund the CMPA and repeal the act that incorporated the CMPA. Now it's up to the federal government to respond. How likely is it that anything would come out of this petition? Well, in my experience, it's unlikely the government's going to do something but it will be another message to the government that Canadians are concerned about this, that it is unfair, that we need a better system. We're the only country in the world with this kind of association. And former nurse Terry McGrath is dedicated to her crusade to defund the CMPA. I want our tax dollars to be used for us because it's my money, it's your money. We should be benefiting from it. In this situation, we are not benefiting from it at all. W5 wanted to hear the CMPA's position on the challenges families face when they go up against a doctor. We reached out to Dr. Lisa Calder, the organization's CEO and executive director. What do you say to those patients who feel that it's such an adversarial system that they don't stand a chance? Our priority is to make sure that if a patient has been harmed due to health care, and that's been shown to be due to negligence, we aim to settle and provide financial support to those families as soon as we can. But if we talk about the number of cases that go to court, by and large, they find in favor of the doctors. So patients are saying that's unfair. The system is rigged and unfair. I think we need to really step back for a moment and be absolutely clear that the goal for us is to actually not go to court and not get into trial. The goal for us is to really try and establish as soon as we can, was there negligence that occurred? Our understanding is that doctors pay to be members, but the province may reimburse as much as 90%, which essentially means that the CMPA is subsidized by the taxpayer, correct? No, I think that's inaccurate. Doctors pay dues to the CMPA. That part is absolutely true. However, each provincial medical association negotiates a reimbursement program with the province. The CMPA is not party to those negotiations. But essentially, if the province is going to reimburse the doctors, the province gets the money from the taxpayers. And as a result of this, the CMPA's coffers have grown substantially. I mean, according to your own annual report in 2019, $5 billion. So some people might say that money is there on the backs of the taxpayers. And well, the amount is correct, uh, but let me tell you why. We at the CMPA need to be able to provide financial support to patients who have been harmed from medical care due to negligence. And if there is evidence that there is negligence and the standard of care was not met, we will aim to offer financial support as soon as possible to that patient and family. We've paid out $225 million to Canadian patients and families per year over the past five years. 
That hasn't happened for Norma Bernstadt. Four years after the loss of her husband, Stephen, she still believes his death was caused by a mistake during surgery. It's brutal, Sandy. Um, because every time that we get in contact with the lawyers, it brings the whole story right back to the forefront. I don't know what closure is. Norma's lawsuit blames Dr. Ruben Bond for the alleged surgical error, which she believes caused the intra-abdominal bleeding that ultimately resulted in Stephen's death, and for misinforming her about the cause of death. W5 reached out to Dr. Bond, but he declined an interview as the matter is currently in litigation. In his statement of defense to the lawsuit, Dr. Bond says that Mr. Bernstadt did not die as a result of intra-abdominal bleeding and that no source of abdominal bleeding was identified. He also denied that he was negligent and that he intentionally misinformed the Bernstads as they claimed. When the autopsy report came back, he didn't reach out to me and say, oh my gosh, Norma, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that this is what happened. He didn't reach out to me. And would it have made a difference? I think it would have, because we're human. Four years later, though, this lawsuit could drag on for months, years. How long are you prepared to stay with it? I'm in this for the long haul, Sandy. Stephen didn't deserve this. My boys didn't deserve this. As far as I'm concerned, he, he destroyed my family. As for that petition, now that it's been read in Parliament, the federal government is required to provide a response. However, they're not obliged to act on the findings. You've been listening to CTV's W5 with Avery Haynes.